September 25th, and you're listening to The Blue and Gold. From the Ryersonian, I'm your host, Dania Ali. Today, we're going to talk to four international students about how they're adjusting to virtual learning during the ongoing pandemic. When the first few cases of COVID-19 hit Toronto earlier in the year, most Ryerson students and faculty had not yet anticipated what was about to happen. Professors found themselves having to learn about Zoom lectures and changing course syllabuses. Students found themselves taking classes from their makeshift work-from-home spaces. Some struggled with finding a quiet space during moments of self-isolation with family, and some with spotty Wi-Fi networks cutting in and out of Zoom meetings. A minority amongst these groups of students found themselves in a unique type of dilemma. International students had to choose, and choose quickly, between two choices. To either remain alone in Toronto and avoid the risk and cost of traveling, or to take a plane home and be with family. For many students, switching to virtual learning will be an adjustment. But for some international students, it means finding a new support system or even taking lectures at 3 a.m. One international student who's taking on the semester from home is Shalindri Joseph. She is Sri Lankan and grew up in the Gulf region of the Middle East. Joseph and her family decided to have her move back home from the upcoming fall semester. Thanks to the pandemic, I couldn't come in the summer as I initially hoped for, which put a whole dent in our plans and we had to alter our entire course of action and everything. and. Um, it's also mainly visa purposes so there's a system where you have to come every six months into the country um, just to keep your visa active if you hold a residence visa and in order for me to keep that going I had to come step into Dubai at some point or another and this was the only way to do it. Individuals who live in Dubai on a residence permit such as Joseph have to return to the country every six months to avoid fines or other legal consequences. The visa issues aside, she also had a few other reasons as to why she chose to go home. It's it's largely got to do with also financial reasons because you save up on a lot of cost when it comes to moving back home for the semester. I've moved out of my apartment and so there's no cost in terms of rent and there's no monthly or daily incurring cost that I have to budget into which does prove to be a load off of our plate. Here's a day in her life as a fourth-year international student majoring in business management, living in a time zone eight hours ahead of Toronto. So it starts off with me waking up at nine in the morning. I try not to wake up too late into the day just because I need light and I'm generally a very bright visual kind of person. If I wake up too late into the day, I just feel like I'm not being productive enough or I, I can't get many things done. I have to be very quiet in the mornings until at least around 2 to 3 p.m. because well, my mom is working from home and she takes a lot of office calls and work calls and my sister has online school. 
Joseph usually shares a room with her sister, who is also attending school virtually, but because of time zone differences and class clashes, she has had to move her workspace to a different room in the house. The time zone difference between Dubai and Toronto is eight hours. She often finds herself working on an opposite schedule than everyone else in her home. Then, you know, we do lunch, and then right after lunch, maybe an hour in, which would be around two, I would take my two to three hour nap and that would just result in me waking up at around five by then you know my mother is off of work and my sister is done with her extra tuitions or extra tutoring and school and you know she'd be done with her homework as well and then that this is the time when my dad would usually come home and i'd just probably get an hour to spend time with them usually my evening shifts start from four to five and go all the way till 5 a.m so as of today i had a session from 6 p.m which is works right after my six to eight work session i would have my first class for the day starting at eight and it goes all the way till 11 p.m and at 11 p.m after my class which is when i would come down to eat by then everyone else in the house has had their dinner and you know some of them have already gone to bed because they have to have like another early morning tomorrow so at around 11 p.m is when i'd come down for dinner and i'd have something to eat because i'd have a three-hour gap between my next class which is at two in the morning and i try not to take any naps in between because i just feel like around the night time if i fall asleep I'm not very confident about if I'm going to wake up or not. I try to make this space a bit of a breathing space. This three-hour gap of, you know, eating and maybe a little bit of meditation or, or workout. Just to take my mind outside of studies for a minute. Because I know that we're going to have to go back in for another whole three-hour session from 2 a.m. And if I constantly keep myself in that zone, it just might tire me out. For, for nights where I usually have classes going into early morning, such as, you know, ending at 5 in the morning, I would normally sleep later than 9 a.m. Just because I'd probably go to bed at 6 a.m. and probably wake up at 10 or 11 in the morning just to get a good 4 to 5 hours in and then catch maybe another 2-3 hours later on in the day as a nap. students who chose to or who found themselves living in Toronto when COVID-19 hit the city, their routines also took a different turn. Second year social work student Desireen Fernando decided that staying in Toronto would be the safer option. She's a Sri Lankan international student whose family primarily resides in Dubai. Although she hopes to move back to Dubai soon to be with both of her parents, she has started off the fall semester in Toronto and will continue to for at least the next month. She shares how virtual learning and the uncertainty of where she will be in the next few weeks has affected her work-from-home ethic. It really takes away your motivation to keep working. Like for me personally, when we switched to remote learning in April during our finals, my motivation just like plummeted. I did not want to study. I didn't want to do any sort of work. I had to like force myself to sit down and actually pretend like I was back in school, which I was, but I just didn't feel like it. In March, Fernando was living in her Pittman residence dorm when Ryerson Housing announced that international students may have to move out. 
A week later, she moved out to live with her sister and brother-in-law in their condo in Toronto. She moved most of her stuff to a different location in Brampton as well. Yeah, I've just kind of been living out of a suitcase and three doors for like four months now, which has been fun, but definitely fine and I'm used to it at this point. Here is how her everyday university routine looks like from home. So when I start off my day, how early I wake up depends usually on when my classes are and yeah, just kind of get myself ready for the day, just either shower or wash my face and make breakfast. And I would always just call my parents first thing. So my dad's currently in quarantine. And so I would call him first and I would call my mother and just kind of talk to them for about 10 minutes. And then um, I would just get my stuff ready for classes and all the Zoom calls. So first off, obviously my laptop and I have just one book on the side and I definitely need my headphones because Currently where I'm staying, there's three other people who are working from home. And um, so from like 10 to 4.30, there's always somebody on a call, on a work call, on a meeting, and it's like the house is never quiet. It's like a whole office. She mentions some things that have affected her virtual learning environment and how she combats them. I am anxious about not doing as well as I could in online school in comparison to in normal in-person lectures and how I usually study, like going to the SLC and whatnot and having my, all my environments change, is that I've kind of found ways to teach myself and discipline myself into being productive. I keep seeing this technique called the Pomodoro technique, I believe, where it's like you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break. You work for another 25 minutes and so on and so forth. And when you're on your fourth break, you take a longer 15 minute break. The Pomodoro technique is often utilized for better time management. You break your workday into 25-minute intervals with 5-minute breaks in between. After around 4 or 5 25-minute sessions, you take a longer break of 20 minutes. It plays on your sense of urgency. You are more likely to get your work done and less likely to get distracted if you are working with a deadline. The thing for me is that with being a student, if you're not done with all of your assignments and all of your readings and listening to all your lectures then you're never really off the clock per se and obviously when it's a nine-to-five job once you're done with work you're done with work for the day like you don't have anything else to do unless it's stuff you take home technically so I think for me it's like kind of knowing now like when do I stop Although Fernando is staying in the city for the time being she is currently thinking of moving back home to Dubai in a few weeks time well, I'm in Toronto right now and I'm in the same time zone and I still feel like I'm not back in school and I don't feel like my most productive self. So I'm a little worried about how it's going to be like when I go back home and it's a completely different environment. With the recent announcement that the winter semester will also be largely virtual, she says it is most likely that she will be heading home to Dubai. chosen to stay in Toronto for the fall semester is third-year business technology management student Mia Tran, who is currently working her co-op term with the City of Toronto as an IT trainee. Tran, who is from Vietnam, has a few family members in Canada. 
Her main support system and go-to person is her sister, Grace, who moved to Toronto in 2014. So it's kind of a little bit personal because, I mean, my sister came here just by herself. And then I feel like when I came to Canada, I'm glad that I have my sister here. And I mean, most of the time since I came here, I almost never felt like homesick. Even though I do miss my parents and my grandparents, but because I have my sister here, so I feel like she's the one who closest to me in my family. So what else do I need? They both usually visit home every summer, but since the pandemic hit this year, she is unsure of when she'll see her parents next. She prefers virtual learning because of the flexibility of time. Recording lectures takes a long time, but I find it's pretty effective. And I mean, virtual class are not too bad as well. It's just sometimes maybe like minor interruption, like their mic might be not good or the sound quality and everything is just not as expected as we have an in-person lecture. But I feel like I like the virtual classes. Bangladeshi international student studying finance found herself uncertain of where to go when the pandemic hit. Marin was living at home on Jarvis, one of Ryerson's residence buildings, when the number of COVID-19 cases started to rise. She says that there were a combination of factors that affected her stress levels. Her three roommates went out a lot and she did not know how to navigate through conversations about isolation with them. This was especially stressful because of her medical condition that put her at high risk. She also tried to Instacart groceries and stay isolated in her dorm room, but it all took a toll on her mental health, which is why she decided to move in with her uncle and his family. I have somewhat of a support system. My cousins are also university students. They're also doing their classes online. So I have something common with them, you know. Although many students, international or not, struggle with virtual learning, she says it made going to classes more accessible in a way. Marion is a student with a physical disability. She says it is hard for her to walk from one class to another, especially on days where she has had back-to-back classes, given Ryerson's spread out campus. Now, she doesn't feel like she's missing out on the first few minutes of class and has more energy as well. However, she says that her mental health has gone down the drain because she is constantly worried about her family. Specifically, she worries about her dad, who is at high risk for COVID-19. Other things that have affected her mental health are possible job prospects, making sure she has additional qualifications and certifications, and not knowing what the future holds. Marin is completing her co-op term and the semester in Toronto and is unsure of when she will head home next. She says organizations like the International Student Support need to be providing more mental health resources to students who are facing these unique circumstances and need to go beyond just offering tax or legal support. Lynn Marie Farley, manager of 
international student support and intercultural learning says that they provide opportunities throughout the year for students to form community connections. This includes peer socials, which come out of the Cultural Connections Program. Farley says that in light of social isolation that has been caused by COVID-19, the staff hosts bi-weekly meetups for students, and it is specifically catered for upper-year international students. Right now, they are piloting a mentorship program in collaboration with the Tri-Mentoring Office, which will help graduate students connect with one another. Farley says that additional early morning and evening virtual services are also available for students who are in different time zones. what we're following this week. The Toronto police are searching for a man in connection to a Sunday arson incident on Front Street and George Street East. 35-year-old Jamal Hines allegedly started a fire in the stairwell of a building at around 6.30 a.m. If you have any information, contact the Canadian Crime Stoppers. In other news, Premier Doug Ford announced in a press conference Wednesday morning that the Ontario government will be expanding COVID-19 testing to around 60 pharmacies starting today. These tests offered will be free, but by appointment only, and individuals will be pre-screened before entering to make sure that they don't have any symptoms. And finally, the Toronto Christmas market is cancelled this year because of fears of a second COVID-19 wave. This is the first time in 11 years where the market has been cancelled. The event usually hosts 700,000 attendants, which would be a hotspot for the virus. for this week's blue and gold thanks a lot for listening catch up with us next week for more of your community's top stories blue and gold is a production of the ryersonian and ryerson school of journalism i'm your host dania ali and our executive producers are jasmine ratch sidra jaffrey and alex Sear. cole broxham was our reporter this week our editor-in-chief is patrick swadden and our managing editor is michelle allen our instructors are peter baker george and hg watson until next time Thank you.